This is for the free thinkers, the curious beings that swim upstream, who see possibilities, not problems, that learn from the past, live by the present, and create the future. This is the I Love Ugly Audio Show. Welcome to the I Love Ugly Audio Show. My name's Valentin Nozic, creative director and founder of I Love Ugly. On this episode, I sit down with entrepreneur Nathan Chan, the CEO of global media and education company, Founder. We discuss why facing adversity is a key stepping stone to success, the importance of finding the right mentors, and what he learned from talking to the greats like Sir Richard Branson and Tony Robbins and many other great entrepreneurs. I hope you enjoy the episode. Nathan, welcome to the show. Appreciate appreciate your time, mate. I know you're a busy man. You're you know you're changing the world. What 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 have you been up to today? Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, look, we're all, we're all busy, dude. So yeah, I appreciate your time and everything you do. So it's great to be here. Um, so to answer your question, what I've been doing today. So woke up early, did an interview myself actually with uh, nice. a founder of, of a company called Contactually. Um, who we're actually mm-hmm. a customer of, and um, yeah, he just recently sold his company, so that was interesting. And then mm-hmm. straight after that, I caught up with one of my mentors and like one of our advisors um, for about an hour. Then I caught up with an, uh, straight after that another hour. I caught up with another one of our uh, advisors and one of my mentors, and then straight after that, uh, jumped in the car and went to the office, and we just had team lunch. And then I uh, did a bit of work and after lunch, and then here I am. Nice. Well, sounds quite a busy day. So how much, how much of your day do you spend catching up with people, advisors and mentors and just people in your circles? Um, so I, I try and structure my time. So Friday mornings is when I do a lot of my calls, yeah, or, or Friday, sometimes in Friday afternoons. Um, so that's kind of when I do any calls with like advisors, mentors, or do interviews. Um, and then yeah, maybe maybe on Monday sometimes too. But yeah, I'd say once every couple of weeks, catch up with mentors or advisors um, or, or coaches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really important. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you're a you're a byproduct of the people that you spend most of the time with, and I think without people realizing, if you're not catching up with these people, you know, these high level thinkers, more successful than you thinkers, then yeah, you slowly slip away. So it is. Yeah, I agree. Very very important. Um, but I just want to, just just to kind of kick it off, um, I listened to your Impact Fairy interview with Tom Tom Ballou, I think it's pronounced. Oh uh, yeah. And uh, he said he said that uh, the way he spoke about you is that you can teach us to build anything from scratch, which I thought was quite a quite a big statement. What what does what does Tom mean by that? Um, <laughs> that was a while ago. Uh... <laughs> I don't know. I guess I guess he means that in the sense um, when I started uh, Founder, the, the company I, I run, um, like I didn't know like we're, we're for context we're we're a media and education company and we produce content around entrepreneurship. So whether it's magazines, books, video, audio, written, or online courses, uh, we're really doing all of that at scale. Um, when I started, before I started five, six years ago, I didn't know anything about this space. I never even started a business uh, or, or knew anything about entrepreneurship myself. Um, I didn't know anything about apps. I didn't know anything about magazines. I didn't know anything about editorial. So I guess what he means is 
is that you you know I, I you 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 can do anything you want in life even if you just you just have to work it out and, and find the answers and 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 really just put yourself out there even if it feels uncomfortable even if it's scary and give it a shot um, and, and yeah you don't have to know everything you can just naively start something like I did mm. Yeah, I, I 100% agree and I'm also exactly the same, naively started. But I think um, obviously people people look at, you know, people look at people like yourself and they just think, oh, yeah, that guy's, that guy's been, that guy's born with determination. For someone that wants to be determined but isn't, how do they, how do they become determined? Yeah, so uh, this is a good question because it's something that I think about a lot because, um, you know, like we have, like uh, we all have friends that that want to be, uh, you know, entrepreneurs or want to start a business. Um, entrepreneurship is the new cool now, and I still have friends like mm. to this day, like work colleagues. Before I started Founder, when I was working in IT support, I used to crawl under people's desks and fix people's computers before I started Founder. And for me, wow. um, like. I wanted to get a job in marketing and, and no one would give me a shot. I went for three different job interviews at the company um, that I was working at at the time and, and I still couldn't get a job in marketing. And wow. and I think the reason I tell that story is because you just something has to happen to you where you just want it bad enough, where you just so I think a lot of time a lot of the times when somebody you know, does start a business, it's not, you know, sometimes it is because of the problem that they want to solve and they're really passionate about it. But a lot of the time it's because it's because of their own personal circumstances for good or for bad. Mm. And I think for me, that determination and the hunger and everything that I have, that came from a point of adversity that I was doing work mm. that I absolutely utterly hated and I wanted to just find work that I loved. I wanted, I, I felt that life was too short to not do something you enjoy every single day. I wanted to be excited when I got up out of bed in the morning. I wanted to do work that was fulfilling to me, that made a difference, mm. that made an impact. Um, at the start, let's be honest, I just wanted to make money and, and it was purely selfish. I, I wanted to start a business to find work that was impactful for me and, and fulfilling for me. But then as time went on, I realized that it was, you know, you can have all this money in the world, but that doesn't bring you true fulfillment or happiness. And, and I fell in love with the work and, and the rest is mm. kind of history. So where do I get my determination? It just started with wanting to find work that fulfilled me, experiencing adversity and just being so ridiculously hungry and wanting it bad enough. Mm. But I must tell you, man, mm. I was never the person I am today. Sometimes people say that people can't change, and I actually disagree. People can change, and I truly believe I have changed. Uh, you know, I mm. never got good grades at school. I never was, I scraped through all of university. Um, like, I was never a high achiever or a determined person by any means. My mum used to say to me, Nathan, I just wish you had more ambition in life. This is when I was an adult, like, you know, 18, 19. So wow. I have changed. Uh, this determination I didn't have since an early day, like early upbringing. 
uh, you know, it took me a while to work things out. But once I found that thing that I just love mm. so much and it just brings me so much joy, fulfillment, and like I said, with the work, it, it makes a true difference. And, and I think what we're producing and, and, and what we're building is needed, then it, it just all changed. Mm, so interesting. So it's almost that a lot of your change and determination stemmed from adversity. Right. And yeah, so it's almost like a lot, of, a lot of people when they do face adversity or they do hit those roadblocks, they almost shy away from it because they think it's wrong. But it's almost changing your perspective on it to help you get you closer to your your passion and your your love, and that's how you get a lot of your drive and determination. Would you would would that be you know an accurate interpretation? Yeah. Well, look, I, I like to compete now. Um, I, I like to compete. Compete. I like to win. And and it just yeah, I just love the work so much. Like I just fell in love with the work, and it just is so much fun. There's, like that's the crazy thing when you you run any business, um, and and you're trying to play at a decent level, or you're just trying to grow. Um, like you have highs. The highs are extremely high, and the lows are extremely low. But it it's it's very addictive. Yeah. But it's so much fun, and and, and I wouldn't uh, change it for the world. Like you know, somebody said to me the other day, like would you sell founder? And I said, to be honest right now, no, because I'm just having so much fun. Like, why, why would I want mm. to do that? Why would I want to sell my company? Like right now, it, I'm having so much fun and then try and start again. Like mm. I, I could just create new businesses under the founder brand anyways, if I'm bored. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Can you create new product lines, new companies? Yeah, what do we want? Yeah. No, abs, abs, absolutely. It's also, I found it very interesting what you said earlier as well um, in the conversation, how you said originally you were chasing money, you were pursuing money, and you weren't getting the fulfillment, fulfillment from that. Would you say that is a mistake a lot of young entrepreneurs make, is they, their main ambition is money? Obviously money is important, but would you say if it's your primary focus, that's a mistake? I don't. I don't know if I'd say it is a mistake in the sense that you, you until you're there, you won't understand it. <laughs> and if it's a driving yeah. force, yeah. and for me, I was lucky in the first couple of months. I, I, of course, I wanted to make more money so I could leave my day job because I started founder on the side. Yeah. So, it, yeah, that for me it was yeah. more than anything a scoreboard or, or the opportunity to work on it full time. And then, and then as time went on, you know, it it allowed me to 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 you know uh, hire more people and and produce more content and serve more people and then and it, it mm. becomes much more than just the money it's about how do we fulfill this crazy vision that we have around you know building one of the largest entrepreneurial mm. brands online that, that helps and supports and, and have people like tens of millions of people consume our content every single week but we're not there yet but we will be mm -hmm. but we, we you know we need to generate a, a significant amount of money to be able to do that so um, yeah, and don't get me wrong, like I'm, I'm doing okay for myself, but I think it gets to a point. I think it, I, I, for me personally, like, yes, don't get me wrong. When you start out, you know, money money is a strong motivating factor. Um, I think mm -hmm. if you're falling in love with the work, um, it, it shouldn't really matter. And, and the, the, money, the money that you make could be treated as a scoreboard more than anything, um, where you're against yourself. Mm. And it, the money that you make is, is a reflection of how well you are serving society. 
long time mm, so like true you want to make they say you want to make a million dollars serve a million people um you know i, I can't remember what the mm. quote is but yes yeah so it's 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 a hard one to answer man but i think i think it's not a bad thing if you start out that way because it gets you going but mm. what you will find i guarantee you this whoever's listening is once you make a million dollars or two million or ten or whatever it is you'll realize that it's not what it's all cracked up to be once you get the Lambo, not that I have a Lambo, I'm not interested in that stuff, but once you get the car, it's not as good as you probably think. It's just like anything you want to buy. Once you get the Rolex, once you get all this stuff, it's just stuff. It's just material. It doesn't actually mm. really mean anything. What brings you what brings you the totally. most fulfillment, I believe, is the work that you do, the people that you surround yourself with, either friends, family or work colleagues, and the, I believe, you know, being able to help people like that, that gives me the biggest kick to, mm. to be able to help people at scale. Mm. No, totally. And at what point, at what point in your career did you start to shift into this mindset, this frame of mind where it was about how can I serve as many people and fulfill this vision as I can? Um, I think probably once I built it up, so it took me about a year to, uh, Build Founder up on the side. We started as a magazine to start to start the magazine to be able to um, just cover my costs, like my personal costs and living and bills and stuff. Um, once I got to that point, so about after a year of starting, and I left my day job, went full time. That's when I was kind of like, all right, I got two choices here. I can either build a nice lifestyle business, or I can try and build a big business. And I decided mm-hmm. to build, build a big business and try mm-hmm. on that path and. Yeah, probably around then I realized, you know, a little bit after that when, you know, I started hiring people and was doing okay, I was like, yeah, you know what, um, it's not like it's, yeah, it's, it's just not about the money. Like, it, it, yeah, for me, for I, I learned that very early on. Yeah, yeah, oh, nice, nice. Yeah, well, that's a lot of, that's some sound advice as I, you know, for a lot of people that are starting up as well because um, I kind of started a little bit different where I started almost accidentally and then I saw a business opportunity. I had a, I had a daughter really early on when I started. She was three months premature. She only came into my life for three weeks preparation. And I was like, okay, I need to put food on the table. And then I had clothing, uh, sorry, clothing. Uh, I, I had some illustrations, put it on clothing. And then, and then I was like, okay, this is interesting. And it's almost in the last couple of years, now that's when I'm like starting to, to kind of adapt the mindset which, which you're talking about, but you're 100% right. You know, you, you, make the, you make the first million, five million, but then it all starts tasting like the same hamburger after that. And it's not until I kind of lost it, until I realized that I need to do something bigger than just money and I need to be driven by something bigger than just money because that's how I'm gonna pull myself through in these difficult times. Um, so that's, uh, that's really, really interesting. But for, uh, obviously you, you've interviewed and met some incredible people just in your journey while doing Founder. And uh, obviously some of the standouts, which are huge, huge mentors of mine, obviously I haven't met them personally, but through their YouTube, Richard Branson and Tony Robbins. Uh, Tony Robbins particularly, he pulled me through some, some tough times. I've spent tens of thousands of dollars attending his, his courses. What did you What did you learn from these guys? What was a big takeout that you had learned from just engaging with these guys? Yeah, oh, look, man. To be honest, it's a really, really hard question because I get asked this, um, and and I do so many interviews. Um, if I was being, you know, you probably want to do a raw 
interview. I actually um, do so many interviews, it becomes a big blur. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to hand them over soon. So, um, you know, where I, I believe to build a, a truly scalable company, to build a, a, a truly like a legacy uh, and an asset based business, it shouldn't be reliant on me in any way, shape, or form. Um, so if I get hit by a bus tomorrow, the yep. brand still grows, the, the company still prospers, we still grow. Like Apple as an example, right? Even though Steve Jobs is gone and the company mm-hmm. probably, you know, ha- has lost its innovation, that company is you know, still the most profitable company in the world. It still does incredible things, right? So um, I think part of that, which is really, really important is, you know, I, I don't have to do the interviews all the time. And, and yeah, we're going to have a, a podcast network in the near future. We'll have many different podcasts and many different types of interviews and different series and different angles for the shows and different topics covered. And um, so, yeah, I know it's probably not the answer you're looking for. Um, but, yeah, mm-hmm. I, 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 yeah, people do ask me that. And I always struggle to answer that question because it's just so many interviews, mm. dude. Like, it's crazy. And as time yeah, goes yeah. on, no, as fair. time goes on, you'll find yeah, the same thing. People will ask you, and then you'll be like, "Oh, yeah, yeah, can't remember." <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. Or I'm I'm too tired to yeah, answer. Yeah, look, I can I can share something. So I've interviewed Tony <laughs> twice, and um, yeah, I remember the second time I interviewed him in person. Uh, he was in New York, and uh, he he shared with me which something I wasn't that um aware of is he has like at the time he has like 18 to 20 different companies and collectively all of them turn over billions of dollars and the reason that he he, one of the reasons was was he wanted to diversify um because if what happens to tony robbins tomorrow um is yeah like like Mm. he he needs to have a, a you know he has wants to you know obviously um, mitigate risk so he has all these other companies and and he's like he was investing in like crazy things and like and starting crazy things like vr techs like tech companies and all sorts of things like broadcasting like the, the nba and yeah so I, I thought that was quite interesting that he runs so many different companies and then for sir richard um probably the most mm. profound thing with him was uh the ability that's allowed him to scale uh, and build so many companies and, and, and you know, make the, the Virgin brand spread is his, his leadership abilities. He just, he, like, he, he just could in no way control mm. everything. He, he, he would just have the best people and, and really give everybody a go. So he really just lets go and just lets people go. Mm. Um, that's, 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 that was mm. the, those were the two big things from each of them. Mm. Plus, plus yeah. he likes to have fun yeah. as well, right? Yeah, um, yeah, awesome. And then the difference between these guys, so Viola, you know, these guys in the sixty-plus bracket, and then you've got the younger guys like the Gary V's and the Tim Ferriss. What do you what do you see the difference in the style of the way they look at business and the look at world at the world? These these guys compared yeah. to the older guys. Um, can you give me an example of two two exact people, and then I can share my thoughts. Gary, say Gary V, Tim Ferriss, uh, you know, slightly younger, 20, 20 years younger or so compared to, say, 60, the 60 plus plus kind of bracket. Um, yeah, what's your, is that, is that kind of, how do you, yeah, yeah, yeah. is that kind 100%. of what you mean? So, or? Um, 
keep in mind I've interviewed all like the guys you're probably referring. Uh, yeah, I've interviewed Gary, I've interviewed Tim, and then let's just say as an example, Sir Richard. Um, what what is different? Um, I'll tell you, I will just answer 100% straight what I think is different about all of those guys. So if we look at Gary, um, you know, mm-hmm. a, big, a big thing with him is, is he's, he's very, very social media driven um, and that's how he grows all of his companies mm-hmm. and he's very, very personal brand driven. So he, his platform is his personal brand and then he builds companies underneath that, whether it's his agency, whether it's his wine brand, whether it's, um, I know he's doing a media company now. So he's doing all sorts of different things and he uses his personal brand as his platform and that's how that's how he, he's growing his companies. Tim Ferriss, on the other hand, um, he started some companies, but his really big thing now is he's more than anything like a like an investor. Well, he was an investor, but then now he doesn't even do investing anymore. So he's he's got a you know a, a, just a really strong personal brand, mm. and he writes books. He's more than anything these days not even really a founder. What do mm. you know Tim Ferriss as somebody that runs companies? No, and then. And then if you think of Richard Branson, so Richard Branson, um, he was probably the OG when it comes to utilizing your personal brand to develop, um, like to develop uh, a platform, right? Like he used his personal brand to develop a platform, mm. but also to uh, use PR to get attention for his company. So um, then if you use, let's just say, mm. another guy that's 60 plus, um, let's just say that like a, a, a fellow New Zealander, uh, Rod Drury, the f- co-founder of Zero. Um, mm-hmm. Yep. So what's different with Zero, him? Yeah. Like he runs a, a bigger business than Gary, Tim, not Tony, not as big as Sir Richard. Uh, but what's interesting is he has no interest in developing his personal brand at all. <laughs> and and he's like sixty plus, right? And and he's got mm. a very, very large business, and all he's done is is build totally. SaaS companies. Before zero, he was building another SaaS company. So, I guess mm. well, like th- those are the, the the individual things that I think about with, which distinguishes them. There's there's no one way to build a business. It's just playing to your strength. But these younger guys, totally, they, they use they use social yep. media and personal brands a lot of the time. Hmm. Yeah, totally. I I agree. There's no yeah. There's different different ways to skin a cat, and what works for someone, it's not going to work for you necessarily. And it's all, it all kind of comes down to your type of personality and what you gravitate towards naturally. I I couldn't agree more. And then for the for the younger wave, because now we're seeing, as you said earlier, you know, being an entrepreneur is the cool thing to do. Um, starting a company is easier than it's ever been. What have you noticed about this next wave of young entrepreneurs coming through? And I'm talking by young, I'm talking, you know, 16, 16 plus, young 20, early 20s, mid 20s, where there's a lot of them, they're all they're doing all sorts of things. What have you noticed with this, yeah, this wave? Very, very interesting times, man. Very, very interesting. So I'm 32 and I feel old now. Like we just hired, um, we just hired someone who started this <laughs> week and he's going to, be a social media like growth guy and he's 19 he's built he's been on instagram longer than me for the past five years and he's built up like collective um followings of like tens of millions of of followers across all these different instagram facebook accounts and he's just so sharp it's just absolutely crazy like there's no doubt about Mm -hmm. it probably um 
well, you know, one day he's probably going to you know, go off the stage and thing, right? So, um, you know, I've met other kids that are just super young and they've started a company like like 19, 18, whatever, and it's just crazy, insane how sharp these kids are. So, mm. yeah, I, one thing I have noted. Mm. Why? Why? I don't know why. I think it's to do with the internet. I think if you've got if you've got this hunger for mm. thirst for learning and just really just love learning and 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 love reading and consuming content and learning that way, um, like reading, listening, watching videos or YouTube videos or whatever, you can learn like insane amounts. And um, and, and when you're younger, your mm, your totally. your mind absorbs so much more. So. Yeah, it's crazy how sharp some of these kids are. That's mm. that is one thing I definitely have noticed. There are these young kids, man, that are like 19, 18, 20, 21, and they are so much more switched on, smarter than I was when I was 21. Like I was worried about, you know, going overseas, going to Europe, <laughs> partying and like had no interest around starting a business or anything yeah. like that. <laughs> like it's crazy, man. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, crazy. yeah, of course. Yeah, they're getting smart. Man. Yeah. Yeah, well, definitely, mate. Well, I was, I was, uh, I'm, I'm very similar age to you as well. And a decade ago, the internet was, it was almost in its infancy. Obviously, it's not too long ago, but it's come so far in the last five years. And yeah, you're right. These 19-year-olds are listening to the Gary V's and the Tony Robbins telling you do whatever the hell you want. You know, there's so much information out there, um, and the, the ambitious ones that pick up on that, they'll just go for it. Because when you're young and naive with nothing to lose, you go hard and you go million miles an hour and you experiment like a crazy man with pretty little downside. So I think that all does play in their favor, I guess. Um, yeah, but one one thing, one thing I have noticed, and it's not young people in general, it's just people in general is when they do start something, you know, people are quick to start something, but after, you know, say six months, one year, couple years where the adrenaline wears off and the excitement wears off, a lot of these people quit. Why, why is that? Why don't they carry on? Like what, you know, they just quit and start something else. Why do you think that is? Yeah, that's so true, man. When you were saying it, I was thinking it, I was like thinking of certain people that I've met and know, and, and that's 110% spot on. And I think I was just about to say, these kids are super smart and when you would talk to them, as if they were like someone else our age, right, with the same mm. level of experience. But then as time goes on, you realize they're, they're still quite young. Like they're still, they still have like, you know, development from a maturity side. And I think I think what you'll find is just because uh, some, you know, some of these young kids, they start a business, they don't stick with it because they mm. get bored easy. And a lot of the time, um, you know, like I, I think I, I found from my personal experience, and you, you would have seen me talk about this when I when I spoke with Tom, is it took me, I went on a journey, man. Like I had to work out in my earlier years when I was 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, before I started Founder, I had to work out who I mm. was as a person and what I truly wanted out of life. And you'll find a lot of these really young kids, you're still just so young, man. How do you even For sure. know what you want to do? And and that discipline and that consistency, like to build any any company of true worth and significance, it takes, one of my mentors always says, Mitch, it, it always t he says it takes seven to 10 years, at least seven to 10 years. And yeah, a lot of these kids, yeah, man, they, they don't, they're not, 
They just don't、mm. have that mental discipline. You know what I mean? They have the, the talent, the savviness, but they would get bored. A lot of it's, you know, like I said, they still need to work out who they are as a person. That all that side of things, I think that's really important.、Mm. You have to work that out, man, and you, and you just、yeah. have to try things. And that's part of it, trying things, and that's probably what they're doing. They're just、mm, trying absolutely. things. Absolutely, you know? and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I think, I think trying things、no. paired with the pressures of mortgages, leases,、uh, staff depending on you, family members depending on you, kids or whatever, it does change the dynamic a little bit more. You, you're a little bit. It's like what Richard Branson said. Like people think Richard Branson is a huge risk taker. But actually, he's a smart risk taker. So he'll negotiate a contract if it falls through that they take back the plane with I, I can't remember who it was United.、Um, I can't remember some airline. But I think yeah, it does change the dynamic a little bit. Whereas yeah, when you're young, it's hard. Okay, I quit. I give up. Yeah. But I think a lot of the gold and a lot of the breakthroughs come when you do face those challenges. When you wanna, when you yeah, when you wanna give up. The the, the perseverance element is I feel. Where you get the biggest breakthroughs and the big, biggest insights. That's what I. Yeah. Would you Would you say that's a, Would you say Would you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's、100%. awesome, man.、Um, for uh, uh, who's who's probably obviously you met a lot of a lot of people, but what would you say?、Um, who would you say is the most impressive person you've met, and why? Oh man, it comes back to that other one. Yeah, I, I, just, I, I'm I sorry, dude. I just meet so many people and just like, oh, yeah, I don't. <laughs> yeah, no, no. <laughs>、uh, I wish I could give you the answer you're looking for, but I just, man, I'm so much in the thick of it. It's like maybe from the outside looking in, it's just like, wow. You, You know, Nathan meets all these crazy people and like all this stuff, and it's like, you know, like it must be so profound. And he gets these wisdom bombs all the time that he takes, and he he just runs with it. And like,、mm. it's just not like that, man. I wish I could tell you. Like, yeah, I met,、um, you know, like like the other week, I was in San Fran and I met、um, the founder of Dropbox and interviewed him, and it was a great interview, dude. But like, like, and it's he's super impressive、mm. what he's done. Like you know, like Dropbox, incredible success story, synonymous brand. Everyone knows Dropbox, man. Like, but like, yeah, like、uh, I got. Nah, that's that's that's、that. all good, man. I was I I kind of did that. I know it's a cliche question, and I know exactly what you. I I I, I know I'd expect you to hear that. Get that question all the time. The reason I ask it is because some of the most impressive people I meet are the ones that aren't successful externally. Internally, they're impressive. You know, they they may not have much、mm. material-wise, and they may not have a famous or or you know polished-looking business. But internally, there's something about them. It's like shit. I want to be like that person. That's what impresses me. And I think、um, you know we all do get caught with this big big company and millions of Instagram followers and this and that. But you you nailed it. You know, Dropbox, one of the biggest biggest. Companies, you know,、uh, n- not companies, but you know, online businesses in the world. But you know, it's probably the same, you know, similar, similar guy, and he's not, you know. And you can get people that are super successful that just aren't happy and content. So I just wanted to kind of just throw that in there, and I knew, yeah, I just wanted to see see what your what your answer was. But for for mindset, I know you're you're big on it. 
and I know a lot of people do hear this term, you know, mindset's a bit of a, it's kind of like, you know, the, 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 word of the, the word of the last few years, like mindset, 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 but it is important. And I know for a, you know, building a, building a company, I know how difficult it is. And a lot of it is to do with your mind, you know, the success is determined on your mindset and psychology. But what would your, what would your definition be about the importance of mindset and, and what it means and the importance of it? Yeah, well, I would, I would argue that once you truly believe in your mind, like the, the goal, whatever it is that you want to achieve, you can do it, yeah. then it's already done. Like that's half the battle. Honestly, half the battle is being able to, con it's not even convincing yourself, just absolutely knowing. Like, you know, in life when you just, you just know, it's just like, yeah, I know that I'm going to brush my teeth when I get up in the morning, yeah. like no matter what, because I, I just yeah. trained to do. It's like that. Like, so whatever your goal is, like, if you can feed your mindset and have a, like, like that's a, that's all it is, man. Like, if, if you can feed, if you can feed and train and, 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 and work on your mindset, and you don't have to even think of it as a strategy, but yeah, just, just know that, if you, like, let's just, as an example, let's just say you want to build, and this is an arbitrary number, but I know this is a is a mystical number for many people. Let's just say, I want to be, build a million-dollar business or I want to be a millionaire, whatever. If, if you if you are in the thick of it and you've trained your mindset and you've got all these things happening and, and you've got all these things happening and you know that you're going to get there, it's just, like, already done mm -hmm. in your mind, then mm -hmm. that's half the battle. And I think that's the power of that that's what i think the power of, of working on your mindset is is it's it's just working on your ability to handle mm. stress i'm convinced that part of whatever it is you want to achieve like any goal that you have any ambitious goal there's fundamentally going to be elements of stress and mm. pressure and i'm convinced that the amount of stress, or not even just stress, but just the amount of pressure you can put yourself under, or the amount of plates that you can juggle, the things that you have going on, the difficulty of those things that you have to overcome, and the fires that you have to put out, your your ability to, to handle more, and the size of it, and the severity of it, is an indicator on if you can hit your target, mm -hmm. or hit your goal. Like that, that's all it is, right? And part of that, is training your mindset. You've got to have a really solid mindset. It's very, very important. But it's not sexy, mm. dude. Nobody wants to learn about their mindset from my mm. experience. And this is coming from, from someone that puts out, you know, hundreds of thousands of hours worth of content every yeah. year. Um, it, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not sexy to, to so like, hey, you want to learn mindset or this is really important. Like, but it is so key, and it's something that people don't really talk about that often, to be honest. But it's it's everything. Yeah, it's so so true, mate. Like I um most people I interview as well, when I do ask them about the mindset, they say to my surprise that no one's really asked them about it before. But I can immediately see it, hear the passion in your voice when I do bring it up, because I know that you believe it with absolute certainty that it is the thing. It is the thing that you do need to work work on, and uh, and a lot of people, yeah, a lot of people neglect it because it isn't sexy. It's almost something you need to pri practice in private, often all the time. Um, but if you if you want to believe in something, but you aren't quite convinced about it, 
how do you how do you believe? How do you get yourself to believe? Is it through repetition or how how do you do it? Yeah, I was talking to one of my mentors about this. Um, it was interesting. It was interesting. It was really interesting. He said to me, because um, he's like he, he he's had incredible success, and um, he said to me, someone said to him a while ago that um, you know, just because you've done it once, what makes you believe that you can mm-hmm. do it again? Which which was which was a very very interesting uh, statement that someone would say to him, and he, then we went on to talk about timing and luck mm. and how there is an element of timing and luck 110% so like i th- and so to answer your question you asked me about mindset and i think it's a combination dude i think it's it's definitely a combination of mindset timing luck right product solving a serious problem or, or whatever it is, whether you're not even talking about a business, mm. you know, but like timing, like all that side of things. And to answer your question on, I just want to share that because I thought it was interesting, but to answer your question around um, like what, what, do you, what are the things that you need to work on with your mindset if it doesn't feel achievable? Number one is this concept, which I'm sure you're very, very familiar with from Tony Robbins called modeling. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he says that success leaves clues and that's very, very true. So if you know somebody, let's just say arbitrary number, mystified number, how do I make a million dollars or you want to be a millionaire, whatever that rubbish is, right? If you meet somebody that's actually doing it, then that's like you realize, well, okay, well, if they can do it, I can do it too. That's that's the first thing. So you need to find people that have or have achieved the things that you want to achieve in life. Whatever your goal is, business, life, fitness, sports, career, you name it. You've got to find somebody that's already yep. doing it. And then you need to learn from them. That is by far... Uh, one of the number one ways to speed up the learning cycle. Mm. When I spoke to the founder of Dropbox, Drew Houston, one of the co-founders, Drew Houston, I said to him, when you think about the success that you've had, um, it's about the ability to outlearn everybody. And I Mm. believe that to be true. So the way that you can outlearn and speed up that learning cycle is, 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 is to learn from people that have done it, but then also to develop your confidence I'll never forget, man, when I was um, in my day job and uh, my mindset changed. This is an interesting story, you might find interesting. Um, so my mindset changed because when I first started Founder, we made $5.50 on the first day when we launched and two people bought the magazine, digital yep. magazine, right? And then I remember um, walking home with um, my housemate and his new girlfriend and we went and got fish and chips which I'm sure you can relate to down at the local local bar, uh, local milk, like a uh, local local store, mm-hmm. right? It was the summer. It was in summer, just just starting to finish up summer. And I said, "Oh yeah," I said, "Launched a magazine, made five dollars." It's like, and she laughed. She's like, "Ha, huh, is that all?" And I was like, "Oh, it got yeah. me down, man." And I was like, "Yeah, wow, okay." And then, you know, by the end of that month, I think we made a hundred dollars. Yep right? $100 in a month, right? You know, and then I actually, over over the next few months, started meeting people, going to meetups, just putting myself out there, reaching out to people that were doing some great things, you know, building online businesses, whatever. 
And as time went on, because I, you know, at that point in time, I was like, I wish, I used to say to myself, I wish that I could build up Founder to leave my day mm-hmm. job, right? I wish. But then as time went on, after I got six months in, just just keep showing up every single day, new magazine edition, got to go live. We, we, you know, still to this day, publish a new edition every single month. We just launched a new edition this, like literally today. And like, I, it just like I started hanging out with all these people that had done it and, and like had left their day job or working on their business full time. And it wasn't a matter of I wish, it was a matter of mm. my mindset shifted. Interesting. Dude. So that's the first thing. That's the first thing. You've got to find people that are already doing. You've got to hang out with them. And what you might find is those people that are doing it, it might not be all that you imagined. Mm, totally. And you might realize, hey, actually, wait a second, maybe I don't even want this. Mm. But you got to, you got to find people that are doing it. And the second thing is, yeah, you just got to want it bad enough. Mm. You just gotta want it bad enough, man. You've got to find out a way to cultivate that hunger. Like, you just got to be an absolute rabid dog, dude. Mm. Like, that, that's that's what it takes. Like, like that's who I am. Like, I, I. I'm an absolute animal. If I want to go for a goal and I want it, I, I will. I will be relentless. Um, yeah. So, yeah. yeah th- those are the two key things I think. Yeah. From my perspective. Oh, those are those are some amazing insights. And just hearing you speak it, I'm like, yep, you are 100 percent right on that. And um, now that's very, very, uh, very insightful. So are these. Uh, you know, when you do get those inevitable slumps or, you know, hard days or weeks or what have you, are these some of those main techniques that you use to kind of get over those, get over those little bumps in the road? Just kind of, you know, reminding yourself that, okay, it's going to be hard, but still keep on going, be relentless, just be a dog and just keep going. Is that, um, would that be something or is there other stuff that you kind of add to the mix as well? Yeah, no, um, I don't, I'm not, yeah, look, so to answer your question, I was talking um, and using those examples in the context of somebody that wants to start or, or they're just struggling to get something off the ground or they're, they're procrastinating or whatnot. Um, to answer your question, for me personally, um, where I'm at right now, um, yes, it is tough. Yes, I have um, hard times with you know, truth be told, we're not having a good time at the moment. Um, we launch a product, it's not doing too well. Mm-hmm. And um, what do I do? I speak to my mentors, like I did this morning, and coaches and advisors. Um, and something else I do, which I think is really important, look at your gratitude journal. Mm. Look at how far you've come. Mm. Be grateful for the opportunity to breathe clean air, drink clean water. Mm. Um, You'd be given the opportunity to live in this day and age, mm. like where you can literally do anything. It's crazy. Um, yeah, just be patient. Remember that patience is key. Um, and play, yeah, play, that, that, play the long tail, which I hear you talk about as well, which is... Yeah, play the long tail. Yeah, long. play the long tail. And then like also just, yeah... Just, just, just make sure you've got a plan of attack to just, um, you know, maybe it doesn't work out. Maybe approach it a different way and just, just go work totally. it out, man. Yeah, don't let perfect get in, get in the way of progress as well. Sometimes it's going to be a little bit ugly, and uh, just keep keep moving forward with it. Eh? Um, mm. No, that's 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 awesome, man. And then for 
obviously you met a few billionaires and stuff. How does it? How does a billionaire? This is a big question. I haven't actually asked anyone this, but you've met a few. How does a billionaire think to say like the you know say like a like a millionaire type businessman? How does a billionaire think? Like what's what what have you noticed? And you're like, okay, that's interesting. That's an interesting little distinction. Uh, probably they optimize. The number one thing I from from what I've observed is they optimize their time more than most. Yeah. Just like time. Like I was talking to someone in my team the other day when I was thinking like one thing I'm very passionate about, I think about a lot is this concept of leverage. Like how can you get two people that both start a business 10 years ago and one never makes it and the other does or or one builds a 100K a year business and another builds a $100 million business or, mm. or whatever. Like, what is the difference between those two people? They went to school together. They come from similar upbringings. They, all the, like, all even playing field. The, 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 this, there's this concept of leverage where um, you don't really cut corners, but you leverage your time. And I guess the, the point I'm getting at is we all have the same amount of hours in the day, right? Yeah. But how do these guys um, like get insane amounts of work done and leverage? Well, they just think about time differently than most. Mm. They um, hire people like to do every single component. They hire very, very smart people. They get leverage on, on the people side for their companies. Um, they don't... Like they, they got every like they got people working every single thing out for them. It's crazy, man. So mm. it's just yeah, this concept of leverage, I'm um, something I'm really fascinated by. Like you know, I go into the office every day and I'm punching in. Like you know, I'm typing on the computer. Like how do I type faster? Mm. How do I consume content faster? How, do I watch all my videos on two speed? I was like our, our social media guy that just started, uh, like in our onboarding process. Um, one of our things is is, is, is is like get him to make sure he downloads 2x speed controller hmm. so you can watch videos 2x because he's going to be consuming all this content now if he was consuming all this content to work out which pieces of video to chop up and turn into a meme video and put it everywhere mm. if he was going to do one day of that now he's officially got another half a day back because mm. he's watching on 2 speed hmm. like if he didn't know and he was just his mind was blown he's like oh my god like You've saved like so much time in my life that I'm gonna have now, just mm. because I always consume content. Like this concept of leverage, man. I think I think people that are uh, billionaires have have a different concept of time and leverage of time. Yeah, wow, that's uh, that's so fascinating. I'm just yeah, I'm kind of just analyzing my day now, and I'm like, shit. Okay, I can actually offload that or read that faster or take that course but yeah that's um that is so that is so true because we've all got the same hours in the in the day beyonce said it as well we've all got 24 hours in the day i just utilize it differently and that's um that's really true but and on the on just on the topic just on the topic of uh of content and obviously you guys this is this is your business you you know you give away content a lot of content for free uh and not necessarily to make the sale Obviously, this is a uh, you know you and I and yeah people that are more that that are you know pupils of of marketing understand the importance of it. But for those that don't, 
um, that are say listen to this podcast, why like why, why would you say it is so important in today's day and age and the traditional ways of of marketing and no longer they no longer work? Um, well, I would say these days um, more than ever, people are, are they're just being bombarded with so many different messages, um, and you've got to be able to get cut through. Um, you know, it doesn't mean you have to create content for your business, but from my perspective, um, you need to be able to work out a way to connect with people on a much deeper level. And, and when people are bombarded with so many different marketing messages, it's so hard to know who to trust. And one of the great ways to, you know, build trust is um, using the law of reciprocity. Um, mm -hmm. So if you put out great content that provides people value in some way, shape or form, then they might, you know, know you more or they might trust you more. And then over time, you know, it's just all about this long game now. Like, you know, they, they might trust you more. And then, you know, when it when it does come to, oh, I needed like a new rad shirt. And it's like, oh, wow. OK, I've got to check out I Love Ugly. I was loving that podcast, you know, I listened to the other month. It's amazing, mm. like. You know, that, that's what I'm going to go versus, versus seeing something and like, you know, a little ad on Facebook or Instagram from the iconic and you're just like, oh, that's, that's pretty stock standard stuff. Mm. Wow. I've got to, I've got to go to, I love ugly. You know? like, mm. They got sick stuff. And Nathan was even rocking them like five, six years ago, man. So, <laughs> so you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, so it's, it's, it's this concept of people are much, um, people just bombarded with so many different messages and you have to be able to play the long game. And I think the way that you develop influence is by the amount of content that you create. Mm -hmm. And the more quality content you can create at scale, the more influence you can get, uh, the more influence you can command. Um, so, yeah. yeah, like, you know, Gary V is probably not the best example because he's a personal brand, but I'll give you this as an example, just because you can think about it in any terms. Like let's just say you've got an e-commerce business like my girlfriend, right? I run another business with my girlfriend, e-commerce yep. business, right? Um, but, you know, if we, like Gary, the way that he's developing his influence is he produces more content than anybody. That's why he's mm -hmm. one of the most well-known entrepreneurs in the online space it's mm -hmm. by pure volume of content right if hypothetically if we wanted we don't with my this 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 uh, econ business if we actually put out crap tons of content it would get way more cut through yes there's a you know there's a long tail effect and it might take time you won't see an immediate investment like with facebook ads where you pay one dollar you get x back but mm -hmm. over time it will compound and you mm. think of you know producing pieces of content like you have a farm and you're planting uh, your seeds for the year, yeah. right? And you get those seeds yeah. are going to bear fruit. Um, so yeah, that, that that's how people should be thinking about. It. But you don't have to produce content like like you know this other econ business. It's doing really well. You don't have to, but mm. it uh, more than ever more than ever, man. People are much more interested in the people or the person behind the company more yep. than ever. We live in a yep. day and age where people just find that shit really interesting and they want to yep. connect with that. Yeah. Yep. I, I agree. And then going back to going back to the big companies, not to isolate say the iconic, but 
say multi-brand big online retailers that stock thousands of brands that are mainly driven off price and speed to you know speed of delivery how do they how do they do it with this big trend going towards content mm. well here's the thing right when i answered that question it was in context of somebody starting out or they're trying to compete the cool part about creating content as a form of marketing, you know, using content marketing, right, is when you're starting out and you don't have these big budgets like the iconic and, you know, like can spend massive amounts of money on paid media and all these other things, that's how you compete. You can compete with content marketing because it doesn't cost you anything to produce, right? It's mm. very, very powerful. Um, so, yeah, how, how do these big multi-brands do it? Most of them, they just work with agencies and stuff like that, or they get some yeah. consultant. Yeah, I'm not really sure to be honest. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Nah, nah interesting. <laughs> yeah. I was, um, yeah. yeah, I just wanted to get to get your point of view because I was also, yeah, I, I was unsure as well. Um, and then uh, for just a like, I know we'll, we'll wrap this up pretty quickly, but I just even want to ask ask your question for some advice for me as well, and just for what we're doing is um, how would because we started this podcast four weeks ago, we've just hit 12,000 downloads, which obviously, yeah, it's small, but it's growing. Um, how would you say, what, what advice would you even give us, I Love Ugly, about growing the podcast? Ah, um, and, and the importance of it. I just want to hear, I just want to publicly ask you this question because I know a lot of people are going get, 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 yeah, to get value from the answer. Yeah, sure thing. So um, the way that you grow a podcast is by, I think, getting, you need to get as many reviews as possible um, that, that, that you work. You want to get that organic growth um, through because you can promote it yourself and you've always got to promote yourself to your existing audience, right? But if you don't have an existing audience, you want to tap into um, people that are already listening to podcasts. So how do you find those people that are already listening to podcasts? Um, when people are looking for discovering new podcasts, you want to appear in search, right? Like when people are searching for all sorts of things in different categories. The way you do that mm -hmm. is having a great uh, cover art. Your cover art can be the difference between, you know, 1 million downloads versus 200,000 in a year. Wow. Um, and the reason that is, is because you've got to make your cover art pop, man. It's got, like, you've got to look mm. at all the podcasts in your section and just, you've got to make it stand out think like if you saw a poster or a book like or look think of it like this dude when you're looking for the next movie to watch on netflix because you love um you know action films like i love the expendables i love rambo like when you're like all oh, you've smashed all those and you're looking for the next one to watch and you're looking on netflix at, at all the different cover arts of the mm. movies what's the one that stands out how did, how did it get hmm. your attention it's the same thing with podcasts. You want to be able to make it pop. Like that's very, very important. And um, it's, uh, yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Eh? Yeah, like yeah. You just, yeah. So you want to tap into people that are already uh, listening to podcasts and looking to consume more podcasts and tapping into an audience of people because that's that's where you're going to get most of your growth from, not you promoting yep. it to your own audience. Yeah, you can, but like. The purpose of it is, is is to find new people as well, right? And then mm, build trust with totally. those people. So that's the first thing. Um, yeah, you want to get as many reviews as possible. So cover art, as many reviews as possible. 
and you want to get on as many shows as possible. I think that's really important. Mm-hmm. I don't do that anymore. Um, literally, this is the first yep. podcast I've done probably in about six months. Um, oh, wow. And the reason that is... Appreciate, appreciate it, man. You're welcome. Yeah, I'm doing, I'm doing another one for a friend as well. Um, the reason is it's just I need to focus. But I, 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 like I said, I legitimately was pumped because I, I love your brand and like there was a personal story with the products, right? Um, mm, wow. And so, yeah. And then... Another thing you need to think about is um, amount of downloads. Um, the amount of downloads mm-hmm. can sometimes be a lagging indicator, right? Because I could launch a podcast tomorrow. I could never produce it to the uh, promote it to the founder audience, and I could just do one podcast a day, and I could get more downloads than you because I'm doing one podcast a day. Yeah. So that so that's something to just keep in mind, right? Because the more downloads mm. you get the more you can climb the rankings, but it doesn't mean like how many downloads per show. Like these are the kinds of things you need to be thinking about as well. Um, Mm. Because yeah, like this is the things that Apple is looking at or Stitcher or Spotify. And and yeah, they're they're the kinds of things that I'd be thinking about um, for your show. I, you know, I probably should do this more, but I don't like, we don't really promote our show that much and as much as we (laughs) should. And we should also always like think of how can we, get other people to share it and incentivize that sharing and you know actually saying on the show like I've, I've seen people do that really well and then lastly success leaves clues dude look at your categories right look at the categories that your show is in and go to the like the top one or the top 10 and study them and listen to their shows and try and mm. work out how yeah. are they at the, at the top? What are they doing? Is it are they do they have a unique cover art? Do they have a really unique show? Do they are they part of a podcasting network like NPR? Like, what is it, man? Like that, they're, they're the things mm. I'd be thinking about. Yeah, no, all super super valid advice. A lot of lot of gold golden nuggets there. Probably um, in that little that little segment probably created ten. 10 successful podcasts just from that from, from <laughs> listeners <laughs> no nah, but that's uh that's awesome man and just to just to kind of wrap it up as well um i just want to quickly ask you just about your just kind of stealing us from tim ferris but i always find it fascinating just around uh morning routines what does your what does your morning routine look like about you know from when you what time you get up what do you do what supplements do you take what do you have for breakfast by the t- before you get to work what does that look like Ooh, it's not glamorous um so it's all good (laughs) so i'll literally tell you what each morning looks like for me monday to friday and then saturday to sunday i'm pulling up my calendar yeah so every monday morning i go to the gym with one of my friends at 7 a.m so i wake up at 6 30 i get my porridge going then I have a green juice, um, like a um, so every every week we get these juices delivered. They're cold press juices, so it's a cold press green mm-hmm. juice, and it's got like like crap tons. Because I don't know how much you know about cold press, but basically you can get like you know ten different vegetables in one juice and like a couple of fruits as well. It's like super healthy. So I have a green juice while I'm driving there, mm-hmm. and then I have my porridge. And then after that, I go gym and then go go to work. On a Tuesday, um, first thing in the morning, get porridge and the green juice, then go to the office. I wake up, I do a call with one of the guys in our New York office. And then um, then we yeah, hop into our, our, our weekly traffic light meeting. 
Wednesday morning, uh, don't go to gym, just wake up, porridge and uh, green juice. Thursday, go to the gym with my friend. And then Friday morning, um, usually interviews, porridge, green juice, that's it. Um, nothing nothing <laughs> glamorous, dude. And then, yeah, I like to do boxing in, yeah. um, two, three times. Yeah, so I'm, I'm trying to get to four times a, a week after work. Yeah. Nice. So a lot of lot of porridge, a lot of green juice. That's the secret, guys. <laughs> Just have uh, have porridge and lots of cold press, should I say, green juice. Yeah. Um, now nah, that's cool, man. It's good to know that it's good to know, yeah. It's it's uh, yeah. Um, good to know that you're not taking any secret supplement that. I need to be taking that I'm not taking, so that's cool. And uh, just to close it off, just close it off, uh, man. It's just like what's um, obviously you've said you've just given us an hour of a wealth of knowledge, and I'm I'm personally very appreciative, and I know the audience will be as well. But what's any kind of closing words or advice, just to kind of yeah, just to boil boil everything you've said down in one little just a couple of sentences, just to kind of give give uh, interview some closure. Yeah, sure thing. Um, I'll keep it short. Pretty much, um, if you're listening to this and maybe thinking, well, Nathan's got it all worked out. Um, honestly, I don't. <laughs> uh, it's still early days for me. And um, yeah, I'm just, uh, you know, it, it really just comes back to me. Just how do I find work that fulfills me? I'm just I'm just having a lot of fun, man. And, and if I think if you use that as the guiding principle, whether you make it or you don't or things don't work out, you know, if you just if you just love it so much, you do it for free anyways. It's, it's just what it's all about. Like life's too short to do work you hate, and, and um, yeah, mm. I hope you can find work that really fulfills you and 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 you know lead a fulfilling life. For sure, man. Awesome. I love it, bro. Um, thank you so much, man. I really, really appreciate it. And um, yeah, I'm just kind of looking forward to to launching this to the public. And also applying a lot of your podcast techniques uh, as well. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and found any type of value, please subscribe to our podcast, share with your friends, and give us a five-star review on iTunes to be in the draw to win a $200 I Love Ugly gift voucher. We will be drawing a winner monthly. Good luck, and see you on the next episode.